Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more. We've been asking Limerick Today listeners on Live95's Facebook page, how do you feel about the latest COVID figures in Limerick? Karen says they're extremely high and worrying. I hope they go down soon. Frank says, if you were living in West Limerick, you would know a lot of people with it. I only knew one person up to last week. Now I know at least 35 to 40 people with it. Thank God most of them are only very mildly affected. Uh, JJ says uh, what I think, well, I think these numbers have been very high all along. Uh, reason uh, there was limited number of tests done and no traceability. Well, uh, you know, obviously the authorities would argue that they were doing a reasonable job on uh, track and trace, uh, but clearly they have uh, specific difficulties now. Alice says, I was just in a shop and People were in there with no masks, uh, loud and laughing. Uh, people uh, just don't care in some instances. Antoinette says all the damage was done over Christmas with people mixing and the government saying three households mix, uh, which is too much. That's really three families mixing. Richard says it was expected, to be honest. More worried now to see if the deaths follow in the coming weeks. Please stay safe. Christy says we can put the blame on politicians, but there's a thing called self-responsibility. Shibi house parties and uh, packed shopping areas. Uh, what do we actually expect to happen in, in that instance? Uh, Fergal says, uh, to this day I only know one person who's had COVID and he's married to a nurse in Dublin. Uh, not one more bed added since March and here we are stressing and tormented because of the inept actions of the authorities uh, and uh, a lot more uh, coming in uh, along those lines uh, this morning. Thank you very much for all of them uh, and uh, we heard at last night's media conference by the National Public Health Emergency Team uh, from among others Professor Philip Nolan The numbers of people in hospital approaching what we saw uh, very close to now what we saw in the first uh, wave back in March and April uh, we're seeing the number of people in intensive care rise very sharply indeed uh, uh, standing at 70 and you can see immediately two things. Uh, the very significant delay in October between case counts rising and numbers in hospital and intensive care. In fact, the peak numbers in hospital and intensive care occurred after the peak in cases. Um, in this uh, surge, the delay is very much shorter and the rate of increase of numbers in hospital and intensive care is very concerning. Uh, we've had a very close look at what we think those numbers might be. This is what could happen if each and every one of us hasn't been and doesn't continue to observe uh, the very strict, uh, the spirit of the very strict public health restrictions that are in place right now. But if the measures do not have full effect, we could be seeing somewhere between 1,500 and 2,500 people in hospital over uh, towards the middle of January. Uh, the optimistic um, projection showing us at around 200 people in intensive care at peak and the pessimistic showing us at close to 400 people at that's Professor Philip Nolan at uh, the Neffet Media Conference last night. Uh, now, um, COVID-19 spreading at an alarming rate uh, in Limerick and nationally. And Live 95's Ronan Moyles has been looking at the situation for us, as indeed he has been throughout the pandemic. And uh, good morning to you, Ronan. 
Uh, Morning, Joe. Can you give us the very latest, please? Yeah, sure, no problem. So I suppose looking specifically at, at Limerick, first of all, uh, we're now in a situation where the 14-day incident rate of the virus is uh, coming close to 1,000 in Limerick. Uh, another surging cases yesterday. Uh, the latest data shows that there were 234 new cases confirmed uh, yesterday, the second highest daily rise after Sunday's uh, a massive surge, frankly, of 652 new cases. Uh, there's now been 1,908 confirmed coronavirus uh, cases in Limerick across the past fortnight alone, uh, with that 14-day incidence rate that I mentioned now standing at 979 per 100,000 people. And how does that compare to the national rate? Yes, it's uh, pretty much nearly double by comparison. Uh, the national rate is now 582.8 per 100,000, uh, with a record high yesterday of one or of, excuse me, 6,110 new cases. Now, I know uh, we heard a little bit from Professor Philip Nolan yesterday. He told the briefing as well that we're now seeing numbers uh, they never thought they'd see. Uh, nationally, there's been six additional deaths as well related to COVID-19, bringing the toll of fatalities now to 265 since the onset of the pandemic in March. Um, of the new cases that were confirmed, 2,911 men um, and 3,195 women. Um, 63% are people under the age of 45, the median age now uh, being 36 years old. Just I suppose moving back to Limerick, uh, that was the fourth highest daily rising case behind Dublin, which had a massive uh, 3,655 new cases, and then Kildare with uh, 200. Uh, 323 in Cork with 291. Elsewhere, 137 new cases reported in Louds, uh, with the remainder spread across all the other counties. That includes 55 uh, new cases close to us here in um, Clare, 129 in Kerry and 44 in Tipperary. And what have the public experts, uh, the public health experts to say now? Yeah, so I suppose specifically uh, Dr. Tony Holland, the Chief Medical Officer, um, asked leaders and organisations and communities across the country to support everyone, their colleagues, neighbours, family and friends, uh, to keep the spirit of uh, the current very strict uh, public health advice in, in place. And he made, I, I suppose, a very specific appeal to employers uh, to allow people, um, where at all possible, uh, to work from home uh, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, we're talking to Live 95's uh, Ronan Moyles. I should just mention that the community call service uh, that uh, was led by Limerick City and County Council and helped by many other organisations is still active and is probably even more important right now because the message from the experts is stay at home if you can at all. Uh, also, if you have any flu-like symptoms, you need to immediately self-isolate. That means in your room and contact uh, your GP. Um, but as you know, there is a lag at the moment uh, with uh, getting tests done uh, and all of that. So they are asking for a very high level of personal responsibility now. But you can uh, check out limerick.ie if you want to find out more about the community call service. Um, and what about schools, Ronan? Yeah, I suppose that's, that's a big question on, on everyone's lips. Obviously, the uh, 
all along the priority for the government or one of the main priorities for the government certainly is, is to keep schools open where possible. So the question is, will they reopen next Monday as planned? Um, currently, the understanding is that the government is considering the prospect of closing the schools for the entire month of March or of January, excuse me, um, Obviously, that's been considered. No final decision on that. Uh, the Cabinet will meet on Wednesday morning to discuss whether or not schools uh, will remain closed. However, that final decision uh, may not now be made until the end of the week. Um, a number of ministers believe that given a huge surge in the cases, schools should remain closed for at least another week. Um, it's understood the government believes the numbers could settle down by the end of next week. Um, could, that, that's the, the big proviso there, uh, with the fall numbers expected uh, due to the impact of level five restrictions. Now, Education Minister Norma Foley uh, told a meeting of opposition politicians yesterday that the latest advice received by government is that schools are uh, a safe environment. Um, the opposition education spokespeople were told the government is waiting on NEFID advice and that uh, will come around Wednesday. Uh, speaking at the Department of Health press briefing, though, uh, yesterday evening, um, Tony Holland again said that the current COVID-19 transmission levels are very, very high. And he said even though transmission rates are lower among school-going children than the overall population, the reality is that uh, things have changed and uh, the numbers even in schools are now uh, or among those school-aged children um, is increasing as well, very, very um, substantially. So they said they remain concerned about the ability to assure the continued provision of any uh, core public services, um, as they've talked about, as being key things and trying to protect. Um, so education is one of them. And despite all their best efforts that they do, it seems uh, remain worried uh, about how education can continue, uh, considering the numbers we're seeing at the moment. All right. Well, I know you're going to keep a close eye on this for Live 95. Ronan Moyles, uh, thank you very much. And uh, you can check out more as well at live95.ie and on our social media, including uh, Live 95's Facebook page. Now, Mary Fogarty is from the Irish Nurses and Midwives Organisation, a representative uh, in the Limerick region. Good morning to you, Mary. Um, it's not unusual to have you talking to us at this time of the year because we know that hospitals, including those locally, uh, are generally under pressure. But this is of a totally different order. Hello, Mary. We seem to be having some difficulties with Mary's line. I'll just try again. Correct. Uh, um, sorry, Mary, my fault. Um, so I was just saying this is of a totally different order. That's correct. Yes, yes, Joe, it is. Um, I suppose we still have the same issue with overcrowding in University Hospital Limerick today. There are 64 patients um, on trolleys. There were 53 yesterday. And that's a huge concern for our members now and for us in terms of the, the factors facing the hospital in respect of covid we know that University Hospital Limerick, as of late last night, is under severe pressure now with a large number of, of staff across all grades out sick with COVID or our um, positive contacts. We're also aware that out in the community that there are areas of the, of, the, of the community services that are under pressure where they can't take some admissions in from the acute services due to um, COVID outbreaks or positive cases in their services. Uh, community nursing services are under significant pressures as well in seeking to deliver and prioritise care for, for patients in their homes, but also to roll out a vaccination programme for COVID-19. So huge pressures on, on the system at the moment. 
Mm. The vaccination programme started to be rolled out yesterday. Are nurses and midwives taking it up? Well, it just started yesterday, as you know, in University Hospital Limerick, and we saw that reported in the media. Of course they are. They're frontline workers. They're aware of their own health and safety, what they need to do to protect themselves and to protect their patients. Do they have any concerns about the vaccine? None that I've heard uh, today, uh, Joe. Um, you know, nurses and midwives, you know, administer vaccines and they immunise young children and, and school-going children. So they would be um, highly um, informed in terms of the benefits of vaccines and are always promoting um, people to undertake their vaccination programmes. Is it certain that uh, doctors will have to make life or death decisions in the next week or two about who gets an ICU bed in Limerick and who doesn't because of the COVID-19 surge? But that's not an issue that has come to the attention of the INMO from our members. Um, we know that our hospital is under great uh, pressure. We know that there are significant numbers of staff out. They're not at full capacity, I understand, yet in terms of critical care beds. But the hospital has the facility from the first uh, surge of COVID to uh, scale up their critical care facilities and to increase the, the number of ventilated uh, beds that they have on site at the hospital. And that hasn't, that hasn't occurred yet, but there are the, the training and the groundwork is done on that where the hospital can scale up as required. Does that mean then that even though a lot of what we're seeing now, nothing can be done about because uh, the infection has been seeded in the community a number of weeks ago and will certainly lead to higher figures over the next week to two, that it's your view at this stage that there is enough capacity in the system that doctors won't have to do this? Well, I couldn't give uh, a certainty on, on that, Joe, because I, we can't absolutely predict what the volumes of people who will require critical care, um, ventilation, etc., intensive care facilities... It's going to be pretty high, though. ...in, in University Hospital. Let me guess, likely that it will, it will be pretty high. I think nationally the HSE and the, and the government are predicting very, very high numbers. Um, I That would be a clinical decision for, for doctors to make if it comes to that, but we would hope that... that um, every elective and non-urgent um, requirement at the hospital has now been cancelled. That's much what we understand has happened and that capacity is freed up to ensure that all patients who need admission to hospital as urgent cases can be admitted and that they can cope with the COVID. Yeah, I um, mean, that, that's so true. We're back to a March-style situation now where a lot of people who do really need care uh, for non-COVID-related uh, issues will not get that care uh, because of what's happened over the next few months. And we know that decisions are being made in maternity hospitals around the country as well to restrict partners um, attending, um, which was a, a source of real concern. We know that the uh, breast screening programme um, is uh, being restricted this week too and many other very important services um, because of the pressure that uh, the health service uh, is under. Uh, one other point uh, Mary, um, on your own behalf and on behalf of your members, you know, every time I see um, a report on COVID at the moment on social media and I do the silly thing of clicking on the comments underneath it, I just can't believe the rage and the anger and the refusal to accept um, uh, what the experts um, are saying, the refusal to accept the importance of the stay-at-home message now. You're, you're referring, Joe, to people who aren't complying with the advice? Well, I'm, refer I'm, I'm referring to people who aren't complying. I'm also referring to people who just don't seem to want to accept 
any of the expert advice on this? Well, well those people are extremely naive to think that um, they are in, in, invincible and they or their families would be extremely lucky to escape the uh, impact of COVID on them. It is, it is rampant, as we know, out in the community now. It has put huge pressure very, very quickly on the acute hospital services and out there on community services as well and in healthcare facilities. Um, it has devastating impacts on pe- vulnerable people and people have died from COVID-19. So anybody and those people who, who have that frame of mind um, should take a long, hard look at their behaviours and ensure that they are complying with the necessary advice and not um, flouting. The, because they are, whilst they may escape themselves, they are certainly putting their families or anybody close to them at high risk of, of a poor outcome from COVID. Okay. All right. Thank you very much for talking to us this morning. Mary Fogarty from uh, the Irish Nurses and Midwives Organisation here in the Limerick area. Uh, Teresa Heaney from Early Childhood Ireland also joins us. Good morning to you, Teresa. Um, Good morning, Joe. So the opening of schools put on hold until at least the 11th of January. It's likely to be longer than that. Uh, but um, uh, we know that early learning and childcare and creches um, have been asked to remain open. Yeah, the early years sector was asked to open um, uh, from yesterday uh, for essential for full day care services, child care services for frontline and essential workers. And so, I would say about eight hundred to a thousand services opened yesterday, opened their doors yesterday to do that. And it has been, you know, a very very nervous time for them. They, um, uh, what percentage is that, by the way, of those? It's that probably about twenty-five. Per, about twenty-five percent of the services that operate in the country are full daycare services. The rest would be preschools and Montessori's or after-school services, as, as you would know them, Joe. Right. And so those services typically open maybe from seven, seven thirty a.m. to six p.m. And so what they've been trying to do. Uh, following the government request, Minister Gorman put out a call to parents that if they could at all to keep children at home this week so that the services would be able would, would have the capacity to be able to take uh, the children from frontline and essential families and vulnerable families. So services have been open to do that. Yesterday, um, I was in touch with a lot of members of Early Childhood Ireland up and down the country. They probably had somewhere in the region of 30% of children attending. So, but they're all expecting this morning, they're all telling me that they're expecting that to increase every day this week. Um, well, that's what they thought yesterday. We see now what what today's announcement and what yesterday's numbers do to attendance today. And, and when you look at the situation in England, for example, where Boris Johnson, yeah. the Prime Minister, announced a, a full lockdown and um, said that uh, primary, secondary schools and colleges should close, except for mm-hmm. key workers, children, and vulnerable workers, children, but that mm-hmm. the childcare sector, creches, mm-hmm. should stay open. So, I mean, it's, it feels like the government is going in the same direction here. Um, I mean, I, I think that it's... Uh, it's incredibly surprising announcement uh, by the British government that there would be a unilateral opening of early year services because what we need to do now, this is this is not normal times. These are pandemic times. And we need to protect the workforce that work in early years. Many, many of them are coming as vulnerable people in their own homes. They have children who are in school. They won't be able to attend work. So there is no doubt in my mind before there's any announcement today that our capacity is going to take a massive drop as it is today and this week because so many of our workforce just won't be available. 
And I suppose we're going into a meeting today with the Minister, uh, Joe, and what we'll be saying is if this sector is as frontline as it clearly is, if we're being required to stay open so that doctors and nurses and farmers and technicians and, and pharmacists can all get to work, and we're clearly as essential as that, then we really, really have to be targeted earlier for vaccinations. It's, it's essential. And we absolutely need uh, access to rapid testing that's free of charge. I know a lot of our members in early childhood Ireland would have told me over the past few days that they've paid for private tests for their own staff so that they could offer their, their staff reassurance and families reassurance. Um, and they, that's, that's untenable. They cannot continue to do that week on uh, week. on week. Okay. So we're going to need access to testing as well if we're required to stay open. A lot of people are saying this morning, so if the children aren't going into school, are they coming to the early years facilities instead for the week? So there's a lot of discussion. There's going to be a lot of, a lot of um, water to be uh, going under a bridge between now and next Monday, depending on what announcements they're made. All right. Thank you very much, Theresa Heaney from Early Childhood Ireland for joining us uh, as well. And uh, we heard from Mary Fogarty and Live 95's Ronan Moyles before that. Lots more to come. Call Limerick today now on 461995.